You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 209, Kara K. James and Creating Space. Sometimes that's the best thing you can do for a friend. Welcome to Halfway There. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. I'm your host, Eric Nevins. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited and glad that you are here. If you're just discovering us for the first time, we've got lots of great stuff over at halfwaytherepodcast.com. I uh, would love for you to check that out, including um, show notes for every single episode. You can get links to all the resources that we talk about. And if you like the show and want to support it, you can hit that Patreon button and uh, just for $5 a month, you can get episodes early. A little bit more, you can get a cool Halfway There t-shirt. You should get one of those. Um, but uh, that would be great. I'd love to have your support if that fits for you. Um, today, we have a really great conversation. It's one I've, I've been excited to have, and I can't wait to bring it to you. Our um, guest is an author, a blogger. She also has her own podcast. Her newest book is called Together, A Journal for Mom and Me, which I think it's probably really appropriate and good for right now. Our guest is Kara K. James. Kara K., welcome to Halfway There. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> I am glad to do it. Uh, we've been working together a little bit, and I can't wait to hear yeah. more of your story personally. That'll be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about who you are and where God has you right now. Yeah, for sure. So I am a mom of four. I'm married to my husband of 12 years. He is a pastor. Um, so we're very involved in our church, our local community. And I'm very busy, um, apparently homeschooling my children right now, but I'm <laughs> failing miserably at that. So right. that's where I find myself. But I am, like you said, I am an author and I am a podcaster, which I've only been podcasting for about, oh gosh, maybe six months now. And yeah. so it's become kind of a new, a new love of mine is podcasting and just having real conversations with people. And I love, um, I have a lot of questions about life about God. Um, I love studying theology and things like that. And so, um, that's a lot of what I do for my online community is help them walk through big conversations and big questions that they have. Mm, I love that. Well, questions are my favorite tool, so I can, I can relate to that. (laughs) That's cool. Um, very good. Well, let's talk about your story a little bit. So you're, you're in Texas. What did you grow up there? I actually grew up in Oklahoma, Okay, kind of moved around a little. I always joke that, Ministry is a little bit like military. (laughs) You Uh, bounce around sometimes from churches to churches. And so we spent some time in Southern California and um, some time in Oklahoma. And then we've been in Texas for about five years. Gotcha. Was, um, so was your, uh, like your dad a pastor or something or were were your family always in ministry? No, no, no. Just my husband. That's where my husband and I have bounced around. Oh, gotcha. I grew up in Oklahoma. But you grew up in Oklahoma. And went to college there and everything. Is Oklahoma um, Texas light? That's kind of how I think of it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> very good. I'm I'm from Iowa, so I don't know anything about the South. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. All right. So growing up in Oklahoma, what was that like? Was your did you have a like what was the spiritual climate of your family? Were you always kind of a spiritual family or? Yeah. So we grew up in the church. Um, it's funny you asked. Was my dad a pastor? Um, my dad was actually a school teacher. My parents were both school teachers, but my my best friends were the daughters of our pastor at our local church. And I spent the majority of my time in their home and 
all of my time at the church. Um, uh. And so I was like the um, additional pastor's kid. And so <laughs> that was a lot of my growing up, growing up in the Bible Belt and in a very small town, um, very conservative. And so it had a big impact on me and my upbringing of growing up in the church and in that climate of, you know, really conservative Christianity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely Bible Belt, that that resonates. That's, uh, you know, it kind of is a way of life, isn't it? So your yeah, faith. Yeah, absolutely. Very interesting. So what, um, how do you think that impacted you? What did, what did that kind of impart to you? Yeah, so I grew up with a lot of um, almost legalistic um, style of looking at God and looking at the church. And I, I'm an Enneagram one, if you follow the Enneagram. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I'm this perfectionist. Um, I'm a rule follower and I'm a big list maker. And so for me, everything was about checking things off of a list. And it, it was easy to do that because that's what I looked at Christianity to be and what it looked like to follow God mm. of, okay, I have this checklist. I I'm a, I have to be a good girl. I have to follow the rules. I have to read my Bible this much every day mm-hmm. and then I'm good. I'm in good standings. And, and that was kind of how I grew up thinking that it was to approach God. And not that really anybody told me that or put that on me. That was just kind of how I responded to what I thought the church was saying. Um, and so that was my, my view of God and the church for many, many, many years um, yeah, there's until, some comfort in that, isn't there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so it's crazy now to look back and because I am completely different than I was, um, years ago in the way that I approach God and see God and see the church, it, my view has completely shifted, um, away from that legalistic rule follower. I'm still an Enneagram one, but, <laughs> and I still like to follow the rules. Um, but I've realized that that's not necessarily, the best way to approach God and approach, um, the way we follow him. Yeah. Interesting. I've described that sometimes as God is my ATM syndrome, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's really, it's nice if you think you can just put in your faith card, right. And push the buttons of like Bible reading and prayer and holy-ish living. Right. And then out come the blessings. Like that's really, that's really nice. Except God's a person, not a machine. Right. Right. So you have to, you have to kind of learn that. How'd you learn that? How did that come to be part of your understanding? A lot of it for me was crashing and burning, um, was realizing that I was not necessarily doing everything wrong, but I started asking a lot of questions and really it was about a year ago that I had a big kind of crisis of faith that I, um, hit a wall and, began to really question, God, are you there? Are you real? Do you, you know, do you hear me? Do you see me? Um, and that was a huge turning point for me. And it had been years of that process of what it looked like. A lot of it for me was becoming a pastor's wife. And, um, you know, I always thought I had to have this, you know, put together, everything had to be perfect to present myself to people. Um, and, having kids transformed that a lot in me because I realized that (laughs) there was no such thing as quiet in my home. Um, so having this ideal quiet time was kind of thrown out the window when I had young kids. Um, 
And so there was, it was a lot of a process over many, many years. And then really just crashing and burning, hitting a wall and saying, okay, God, you are not what I thought. And Mm. this life is not what I thought. And having to really discover that for myself of what that meant and how I wanted to follow him. And that changed so much for me. Yeah. Real interesting. I love talking about the wall because I think everybody experiences it at some point. Absolutely. Um, so one of my goals here is to just normalize that experience. Cause I think yeah. we, it's easy to think that you're the only one for one or to think that, right. um, well now I'm not a good Christian, right? I'm not the, right. I'm not good enough because I have these doubts. Just yesterday I posted a thing on Facebook saying, I, I have trouble believing Jesus when he says, I would have told you plainly about this thing, right? Yes. And, oh, I saw that post. And, I wanted and, to go back and read the comments. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always funny to me. Some people are like, oh, I get it. And others are like, what? How dare you? You know, it's always very yes. interesting to me, but I've got a little different perspective on that maybe. So I want to come back to the, to the wall experience they experienced a okay. year ago. Uh, Cause I think there, there might be some things in your, um, you know, in the intervening years that we mm-hmm. skipped over a little bit that set us up for that a little bit. Yeah. So I'm interested in becoming a pastor's wife. Tell us about kind of that story or like maybe where you went, um, you know, as you're growing up in this sort of feeling like, okay, faith is these things and I check off the box. And then where did you go from there and how did your faith become your own? That's yeah, maybe two so stories. For many years, it wasn't my own. And that was kind of the point I was missing was I thought that, my faith had to be about following a certain set of rules and doing what other people told me to do. Mm. Um, and I didn't discover for my, for myself, what that looked like for me. Um, I, you know, as I said, I grew up in the church and was very involved, but then when I, when I went off to college, I, I was really jaded by some experiences with the church that I had left. The church had, um, split, and there was a lot of divisiveness. And for me, I grew up in that the church was my safe place. It was the place that my community was. They taught me about Jesus. You know, it was it was great. But then when I was a senior in high school, they began to fight and the adults, you know, and I looked to them like, well, you're the ones that are supposed to have it all together here. Yeah. Um, and then when I went to college, I was like, OK, I'm jaded by this whole church thing. And it took me a while to figure out my own identity. Um, And so when I met my husband and we began serving the church, it it was hard for me because then I even more saw the the behind the scenes, the hard parts of the church. Um, And I got very, even more so jaded by that for many years when someone would hurt my husband, you know, when they would do things that were just awful because we're, we're people and the church is made of people. And it made me not want to be at church, not want to be a part of the church, not want to connect with people within the church because it hurt so bad. Um, and so that process was very challenging to get to a point of feeling healthy. And I still battle with that, um, of wanting to go to church, of wanting to be involved and be a part of it because, it is made up of people that hurt each other. Um, and so it has been this long process Mm. of learning what it looks like to truly, you know, find God in the midst of pain and heartache and disappointments when they come, because that's a lot of what the church does. Um, but really beginning to love the church because it was the tool that Jesus gave us, 
um, to serve him and to spread his message. And so not always easy, yeah, <laughs> definitely right? a journey. It's so interesting to me too. I think that whole idea of, of just the church being very, um, very human, right? Very, mm-hmm. but I, I gotta be careful how I say that because very human doesn't necessarily mean bad, right? It just right. means right. not always perfect, right? So we, we sometimes have different motivations for things. Um, and yet also it's, it's used by God. And so that's really, really important. I love that. Um, where was God for you in, in some of those seasons when you were kind of wondering about the, the church and what, what was happening? Like when you were in college, for instance. Yeah. Um, it was interesting because for me, because of my personality, I still put on the uh, perfection tendencies uh-huh. and I still checked all the boxes. My- yeah, I presented myself really well. Like I, I do a really good job of presenting myself. Like I have it all together. I have it all figured out. I can, because I grew up in the church. I know the right answers. So I can easily tell you all the correct answers, even when I'm battling in my mind, if I believe those, or if I, um, trust that God is in control and those sorts of things. Um, and so everywhere in my process, I would still present myself to having it all together and to knowing all the right answers. And it wasn't even until a few years ago that I realized speaking truth and asking questions and really digging into the hard parts of it was what would transform me and transform my heart. Yeah. How'd you meet your husband? Um, We met in college. Yeah. Like in class or in um, no, actually serving at church. Oh, nice. of course. <laughs> uh, he was a, um, he was a worship pastor for many, many years and he was leading worship for the youth group. And I served as a high school girls, small group leader. And that was how we met. Oh yeah. So have you always done ministry together? That's always been yeah. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, okay. So then you said, you mentioned that, so then you become a pastor and then that kind of gets a little bit hard. There's some stuff, there's some stuff there. Um, yeah. How do you, how do you fix that? How do you solve that? That's a big question, but I'll, I'll let you, you can answer however you want. <laughs> like, what what do you do with that? Cause you're not the first pastor's wife to deal with that. Yeah. Right. I know that a lot of, so there's, there's got to be a pastor's wives listening to this who need a, you know, to, a good perspective on that. What, how yeah. have you found you can approach the Lord in those kinds of situations? I think a lot of it for me, um, it's kind of twofold of finding a place that is, feels safe. Um, whether that's with other pastor's wives where you can have those conversations, that's been huge for me. Um, there, there's a great community called leading and loving it. That is a ministry all for pastor's wives and women in ministry that gives you a landing place to, ask hard questions, to have hard conversations and to be encouraged. Um, and even for me, it's just gathering with the other pastor's wives at our church and understanding that we're in this together. This is hard for each one of us. And just having that safe place to land, um, because it can be hard because you don't always want to take all your struggles to your husband. He's already dealing with a lot, um, within the church. And so having a place that you can work out some of those things that with someone that gets it is, has been key for me. Um, and then on the other side, really taking the time to approach God openly with questions and because he can, he can take it, he can take our anger, he can take our pain, he can take our questions and 
really going to him honestly and saying, this is not okay. Like I'm struggling with this. How do I handle it? Um, and just asking him for wisdom to walk through whatever circumstances may come. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so true. I think scripture is full of those times. People who just ask God the hard questions, like what, what's going on? So what was that like for you? So that you started, you said a few years ago, you started asking some hard questions. What were the questions and how did you resolve them? Yeah. My big questions were, God, are you even there? Um, Mm. Are you real? Do you hear me? Do you see me? Do you care? Um, those were some of the tough things that I was asking and I had never questioned God, you know, in my, my entire life, I'd never questioned if he was real, if he was there. And, and then I went through this season of heavy anxiety, um, overwhelm, nothing felt right. Lots of struggles within the church. And, and it was in that place that it was like, okay, everything came crashing down. I was hitting that wall and it was to the point that I was like, what is, what is the point of all of this? You know, why are we even doing this? I don't want to be at church because I know what's going on. I know that things are hard um, and I don't trust anyone, you know, so there's lots of those things that go into it and, and then going, turning to God and say, I don't feel you anymore. I don't, I don't hear you anymore. And just walking that road. And for me, it was, I took a few months that I couldn't even open my Bible because it was too Mm. hard. And I was questioning everything I read, everything I heard. I was just questioning all of it. And, and it was very challenging to walk through that, but I, I found healing in that. And I still struggle with that. And I, you know, I think all of us do, we all fight those, those battles of questioning ourselves, questioning God, even if we don't say it out loud. Um, and for me, actually saying it out loud helped me begin to find healing and discover what that meant um, and really look at scripture differently of understanding that all of these stories in scripture that we're reading, almost all of them are people feeling the same mm. way that I was of saying, okay, I mean, even people like David, who we look at, that's a man after God's own heart. He struggled with so much, you know, it's it's almost obvious that he battled some sort of mental health issues and all of these things that yep. these people that we read their stories, they're all questioning, they're all struggling. Um, and I think that can give us peace in knowing that it's okay to do that. Because for me, I felt like there was something wrong with me in asking questions. Um, and so getting to the point that I was, I felt healthy in asking questions was the goal. And that has helped me so much. Yeah, I can see that where that might feel as a as a one, right? It doesn't it doesn't feel good to ask the questions, right? You're right. supposed to just do the things. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were up against the wall asking the questions and then I bet that was really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. I love what you said about David and about those people. So my favorite one um, in scripture is Habakkuk, which nobody reads, but everybody yeah. should. And uh, <laughs> that's right. The uh, he wrestles with God. He goes back and forth, mm-hmm. back and forth. And that's where we get the righteous will live by faith. Um, I think a lot of evangelicals also don't know that Israel means the one who wrestles with God, right? Like that's yeah. like that's that's what, how it is, right? So right. Um, I think that's a lot of what God wants from us because it does it does put us in that position. We're no longer trying to control God. We're no longer trying to be, um, you know, the one who knows everything. We have to submit and surrender yeah. 
did you have to come to a point of surrender with the questions or how did you answer them? Yeah. Um, I had to kind of come to a point of saying, it's okay if I don't know all the answers and, but I'm going to walk through them. I'm going to wrestle with them. And that's a good thing. And so I still wrestle with them. And I think that it's, I found health in that. I found health mm-hmm. in taking my anger to God instead of taking it out on me or people around me yeah. and to actually take those things to him because he can handle it. And he's not surprised by any of my questions. He's not surprised by my journey um, and, and realizing that I'm not having to approach God and present myself as this perfect picture of, you know, whatever I have in my mind that I should be, but to just approach him as I am and, and give him everything. Cause that's when I really can find healing. Yeah. What are your practices for doing that? Are you a journaler? Are you like a, you have a prayer practice or something that you like to do? It's interesting because I'm a writer, but I hate journaling. Ah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've never been a big journaler. Um, for me, a lot of it, but I, I'm kind of a like theology study nerd. And so I love reading uh, lots of books and things and really studying scripture. And so for me, a lot of it is really digging, digging into scripture and studying scripture and, and writing out some of my questions in my Bible and things like that. Um, and just having those open conversations, um, and, and then looking at things that other people are saying, other people are questioning, um, because it helps me think of new ways to ask questions of God, um, whether that is like a prayer book or a podcast or, you know, whatever it might be of really learning from other people uh, through their journeys helps a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I want to ask you about, you, you've also done some interesting things with ministries that, mm-hmm. that you've started. And so yeah. uh, tell us a little bit about that. And then I want to know about how you got into kind of writing as well um, as a, like, cause you, you're publishing books. That's pretty cool. So like yeah. how, how'd that come about? Um, so I grew up wanting to write. I remember being in like second grade and writing books. I would make little books out of paper and staple them together. And it was always my dream to write books. And, and so writing has been my outlet for many, many years of telling stories and working through things. Um, and so I blogged for many years and I loved that outlet to really work through uh, and process things and be able to encourage people. Um, and when I became a mom, I had three kids under the age of three, and it was a very challenging, very trying season of life. And I was you know, studying scripture and I was falling apart, really. I had lost my sense of identity and was battling postpartum anxiety, depression. And it was the first time I'd really dealt with any kind of mental health, anything. And it was in that season that I, you know, I was studying about God giving us abundant life. And I, I thought, okay, God, this can't just be for, you know, my husband or the pastors or, you know, people who are in a good, healthy season, this has to be for me too. And I was, walking through that with a friend and we were both really battling being moms and really discovering who we were in that. And we said, you know, there's gotta be other women that are struggling. Why don't we start a little online ministry just to encourage other women? And so we launched a weekly newsletter and a blog just to encourage um, moms to thrive in motherhood. And 
the ministry was called Thrive Moms. And we did that ministry for seven years. And we actually just closed down the ministry in the last few months um, because I felt God leading me in this new direction of really walking through these challenging questions and things as, you know, my story has changed over the past couple of years. Um, But that season really helped me to shape what, what truly living an abundant life looked like for me. Um, and I published many books that talked about that. Um, and it was a joy to be able to share those experiences and help moms who are really drowning, um, and feeling like they can't find that abundant life that God promises. Uh, so yeah, that was a, a great season of my life and I'm so grateful. Uh, and now I'm finding new ways to encourage women, uh, in their journey. What does that look like? It's been interesting. It's been a good shift uh, as God has been working out things in me and really pulling me in this direction of helping people with the questions that they have and um, pointing them to him in everything that they do. And and so for me, I had started a podcast called Asking for a Friend. And each week we tackle a question that women are asking that affects them in the culture and church and things like that. And really helping them walk through those hard conversations, whether it's about mental health or body image or, you know, struggles within the church or just their faith and being able to walk through those things in a vulnerable way of saying, Hey, I don't have all the answers, but I'm here to walk with you. Um, because I think that we, so many of us ask those questions in secret and in silence, and we don't feel heard. We don't feel like anybody understands. And I felt like that for many years. And so I wanted to be a a safe place for women to land, to ask questions and, and work through things in, in a way that's healthy and safe. Oh yeah. I love that. Have you discovered or pursued spiritual direction at all? For me personally? Yes. But then also I'm curious if that's maybe where you're thinking might be headed. Yes. Um, so I have had many mentors over the past several years that have helped me a lot walk through things. Um, and that is a huge part of it. And so I'm really passionate about helping other women, um, walk through things as well and really provide a good, healthy place of, you know, walking through spiritual things with them and helping them understand the path that it doesn't have to look a certain way mm-hmm. and, you know, really discovering what that looks like for each woman individually. Right. Yeah. These, um, these paths, even though like as evangelicals, we, we like to think that we're blazing the trail, right. But these mm-hmm. paths are well worn. God's yes. people have been walking down them for thousands of years. Absolutely. And uh, so there, there are proven, proven ways that people, people go. So knowing that, uh, that's where I found a lot of value in, in direction for just, you know, receiving it from, from others and then also giving right. it, giving it to others. So yeah, very, very cool. Let's talk about uh, your latest book. Sounds like you're moving in a different direction a little bit, but I thought this was pretty cool. So together a yeah. journal for mom and me, um, an experience, and I'm a big believer in experience. You heard me talk about yeah. that earlier, right? So an experience connecting moms and kids and God or to God and each other. I, I love that. Yeah. Where, where'd you come up with this idea? So I, once my kids, I have three girls and then I have a little boy. And when my three girls, they're all in elementary right now, but once they started, 
reading and writing and that sort of thing. I wanted a great way to connect with them, which is funny that I say I don't journal. I don't journal personally, but I've always journaled with my kids. Oh, um, and so I wanted to have a way to create this open conversation with my kids. And it kind of started as like, I just wanted their brains to keep working in the summer when they were home. And so I would journal and ask them a question and they would write back to me and they could ask me a question and I would write back to them. And I loved doing that with my kids. And I thought, man, I really wish there was a really great resource to help parents connect with their kids before they become teenagers to help really open up these, this conversation between them and creating a safe space um, for the kids to know that you're there, that you're listening um, that was rooted in just good spiritual biblical teaching and pointed the kids to scripture and helped them ask questions and help them walk through things. And so I didn't, I couldn't find exactly what I was looking for. So I've always heard if you can't find the book yeah. you're looking for, write it yourself. There you go. <laughs> and so I created this journal and it's got lots of fun stuff in it. Um, there's recipes and there's creative things, but there's a lot of good spiritual um, things that kids can dive into. There's a whole section for kids that they can understand the fruits of the spirit and dig into those scriptures and what that means for them and places that they can ask hard questions. So they can write a question to their mom and give it to her. And, you know, sometimes kids don't always feel comfortable going to their parents or to a teacher or whatever and asking hard questions. And so it's, it's giving kids an outlet to ask things that they maybe don't understand and that they want to talk through. And when I had first gotten the first copy of my journal, I gave it to my 10 year old and she just a few days after having it, she went to, straight to that hard question section. And she wrote me a question that she was something she was really struggling with wow. with some friends at school and she wanted to know how to, how to best approach it and how to walk through this situation. She had some friends that were being made fun of and, you know, fourth grade things. Yeah. And, um, but I was able to write and share my experience with her that I also struggled with that when I was her age. And later she came to me and gave me a big hug and said, mom, it made me feel so good to know that you understand. And, and so that was the goal of it really to help help kids learn how to communicate things that they're struggling with and dig into that and let them know that as parents, we're listening and we're here. And as they transition into those teen years that we want to build this really good foundation of communication with them. Yeah. I think that's super cool. Okay. So I'm, I'm noticing something that you do that is really interesting to me. Okay. So you, uh, you are, I'm trying to think of the, I don't know how to put it. Exactly. You create space, right? Right. Which that's a really valuable skill. That's yeah. a really valuable thing. So I, I see you doing that with people, creating space for them to ask their hard questions, creating space for your kids to ask their questions and, and do that. And then creating that for other families, right? Mm -hmm. Has that always been a thing that you, that you like do? Have you ever thought of it that way? I haven't, but I like that. Yeah it is something that I'm really passionate about is really creating spaces for people to be themselves and figure things out. So, yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting, um, I think you just, 
made my new mission statement there for me. Boom. There we go. <laughs> I got to update my website now. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that's always a challenge for me, but um, yeah, I, I see that happening a lot. And I think that's a really interesting kind of thread in your journey. Yeah. Um, you know, when you think about maybe it, you tell me, cause it's your story, but maybe you didn't feel like you had a uh, space, right. To ask all the right. questions cause you were checking right. all the boxes and then you yes. had to ask some questions and, and then kind of finding that, that way to like, you did this for moms, right. With, mm -hmm. with thrive and Hey, how do you, how do we create space to just be a mom and just let yeah. that be okay. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Cause I never felt like I had a place to go and ask the hard questions or, or walk through the hard things because I always felt like I had to have it together and have everything figured out. And so it is a passion of mine to help people find that space to work through things or yeah. figure things out. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, there you go. Good luck with the website. I think that'll be good. Oh, thanks. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So you're kind of moving, you said you're moving away from the sort of mom world, mm -hmm. um, which is, it sounds like you had some really good impact there, but then you're moving forward. Where, where right. are you headed and who do you want to create that space for? A lot of this changed when we adopted our son. He's four now. Um, so we had three kids biologically, and then we adopted this little boy who is the biggest ball of energy. And after raising three girls and then having a boy, it was like <laughs> a whole new world. Yeah. So we have this little boy that is amazing and wonderful, but walking through the experience of adopting him and having the interactions with his, his birth family and things like that just opened our eyes to so many things. So it was really in that season that my husband and I started studying, reading books, asking questions about, you know, things around us. I, we had been sheltered for so long of, you know, just really seeing the, seeing the world through our lens of our very privileged, um, yeah. culture of church and home. And, you know, we both came from families that were healthy we didn't come from broken homes. We didn't come from anything really hard. And so walking through this and bringing our son home opened our eyes to so many things. And my husband has read like 300 books in the last couple of years, just about race and faith and, and the world and how we can actually like serve people around us, people that are actually hurting and need, um, and so that has been huge for us and for our families. I think that a lot of that played into my shift of wanting to help people um, in a new way. And my husband mm. has, he was a, I think I've mentioned he was a worship pastor for like 15 years and, and God really changed his heart and shifted his heart. And now he is a, um, I always forget his title. He laughs at me because it's this big, long, fancy title, but basically <laughs> he's like a, um, out, he's like does community outreach and, so he just works with the community and serving, you know, kids in the foster system and helping, helping families stay together when they have nothing that their kids may be taken away because they don't have a bed for them. And, you know, things like that have made a huge impact on our lives as seeing, you know, really taking off the, the glasses. And we always say the, once the bubble bursts, you can't ever go back. Yep. Um, once you really start to learn of the struggles that people are having right within your community. Um, and for us, that looks like pulling our kids out of the school that they were in moving our family so that we could put our kids in a school that was 
surrounded with kids that were from lower income families and things like that, because we really wanted to be immersed in the community. We wanted to, our kids to be surrounded by that. Our son is black and we wanted him to be at a school that there was a lot of kids that looked like him. And so those sort of things have been huge for us of really looking, opening our eyes, looking at things around us. Because I think a lot of times as Christians, we, you know, we get into our little bubble and we assume everything's good. And yeah, sure. We want to help the hurting, but we don't all the, you know, we don't often open our eyes to who's actually there and who's actually in need. So that's been a huge shift for me. Yeah. Real interesting. I so agree with that. It's hard to see the structures that you benefit from. right? Right. And so to be able to do that, it sounds like adopting your son helped you kind of see those things. Oh, there's more happening here because you had to kind of see it from his perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man. Wow. Uh, that's, that's amazing. That's actually some really amazing, um, action steps, right. To, to move into it, to like move where you were going to, to go to a different like place even. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it wasn't always the easiest decision because you want, you know, you want everything to be easy for your kids. You want them to have easy lives, easy situations. And so to make the choice to say, we're going to put you in a school that you're going to learn a few things and you're going to be surrounded by kids that are in need. And it's been really impactful for, especially my oldest, as she's watched, you know, most of her friends come from broken homes. Most of them hardly have anything. Um, and she's been able to help them. We've been able to provide for them in ways that we could and, and help them and come alongside them. And so that has been, it's made such an impact on us and our kids to be able to really teach them what it looks like to love like Jesus, to step into spaces that may be a little uncomfortable, but to, and it's changed our lives for sure for the better. Oh yeah. That is a fascinating aspect. I didn't know that. That's very cool. Very interesting. Um, Very cool. Okay. Well, I I love that. Uh, Definitely think that as we, as we learn those things, it sounds like you're kind of in this process of, of opening up and seeing more, uh, more seeing the world a little bit differently. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Very cool. Um, all right. Kirke, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate oh, just hearing this your story. It's a lot of fun. God's doing some cool things with you and I yes. can't wait to see where that goes. Um, anything you want to leave us with? I think I would say that just to encourage people that it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to struggle. Um, I think so many times we feel like we have to have it all together. We have to have it all wrapped up with a pretty bow. Um, and sometimes letting things fall apart and asking hard questions is what will truly transform us. So I, I love to just encourage people in that. Just ask the hard questions, walk through the hard things and see what God will do in your journey. Oh, I love that. Sometimes letting things fall apart is the right thing to do. Ooh, absolutely. Oh, that's good. Okay, thanks for being <laughs> here. I appreciate that. You bet. Thanks.